<laughs> All righty welcome back to the Football Index podcast. I am rejoined by the one and only Football Index, Big Don. He appeared on episode 42 back in the day. That's over like, what, 20 weeks ago. Uh, why don't you remind listeners who you are, what you do, mate? Yeah, hello, everyone. It's Football Index, Big Don here. Obviously, I speak in the third person when I'm on uh, Twitter, but for the purpose, it's too hard <laughs> to keep that pretense up. So, for the purposes of tonight, we will be Steve. Uh, anyway, last time I spoke to Fig, hi Fig. Uh, it was it was sunny outside. My dogs were yeah. dogs were on the loose, barking everywhere. But yeah, I remember that was a hard edit job. Wasn't yeah, it? you had a, I created some work for you, but it's <laughs> freezing outside, so we're nicely tucked up in the warmth, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, the weather's not as sunny as it was when you first appeared. But do you know what is looking sunny? The index at the moment, Big Don. What are you thinking at the moment? You must be really happy. The index is positively sweltering <laughs> out there. It's like it's like minus ten where I am, but outside in world the world of football index, it's positively forty degrees. Mm, definitely so. Why don't you tell listeners a bit more about your football index journey before we get into the questions? Yeah, well, I've been on Football Index now for 14 months, and I started very slowly. Like, like I just sort of eased into the concept. I was directed into the like Football Index world by my friend Dan, who <laughs> opened up Index Game. Oh, yeah. He is, he is Bishop on there. He mentioned me the other week on the podcast. Uh, Bishop, we sort of have done a lot of things together in the past to do with betting and like sort of what we would call schemes to make money through betting hunting value out here there and everywhere uh so at first i couldn't really see much value in football index i just thought well look at them spreads and look at the commission and i couldn't see any sort of what i would term snapshot value in it but i started it up for a bit of fun and dan seemed very keen so i slowly eased into it and i thought yeah these dividends seem quite good and i really like the concept it sort of ticked a lot of boxes for my the way my brain works. Uh, as in, I like football, I like sport, I love betting. And people have always said to me in the past, oh, you, you should be a stock trader, you know, you should trade stocks and shares. But I haven't got a clue about stocks and shares, but I have a clue about gambling and betting and sports and that sort of genre rather than stocks and shares bore me. So... Started off very slowly, and I, I sort of started off quite unsuccessfully. I think I tried to beat the market with short-term trades, Jan- the January 2018 transfer window came, and I was trying to read up on transfer news, who's going where. And, of course, people have been on longer than yourself, so I was, like longer than me. Uh, and I was just sort of getting second place all the time. So, But in the meantime, I was making good dividends. And I was thinking, well, even though I'm like quite a lot down here after sort of two or three months, uh, the actual, I can see the value in it. I can see the value of the dividends if I project it out. That I'm, I'm getting some good value. If I can just start sort of being a bit more patient with my trades, then maybe we might start getting somewhere. And I went to the uh, London Trader Meet in 2018, February, with Dan Bishop. We went there. Uh, Lex Van Damme was there. And... He actually, he said some quite useful things, and Adam Cole said some useful things. And I maintained to Dan, I said, yeah, these dividends are really good, you know. And he, he was saying, yeah, he says, I'm not so sure. But we've sort of just rolled with it and then discussed it. And, like, it's 
It's just been very optimistic, the whole journey. I mean, people such as yourself doing the podcast and putting the effort in to do a podcast every week, getting different people's views from different cross-sections, uh, it all adds up. And there's a lot of passion there, you know, behind the product. There's, there's passion from Football Index themselves. Like, we, we know the people that run Football Index. I've met them now because I've been to three trader meets. There's Adam Cole, there's Mike Bowen, there's Stuart, there's Tom. I mean. I've always dealt with Labrooks and William Hill in the past, and I don't know who who runs them their companies, but like we know who runs Football Index, and that everyone's becoming familiar with yourself, Fig. Everyone's sort of becoming familiar with Bishop on Index Gain, and with your passion and Football Index's passion, there's more and more traders following in that sort of like vacuum, if you like, and sharing sharing your passion. And sharing what is my passion. Yeah, well, one thing that you said there has really spoken to me, the difference in, in branding and having an actual face behind the company or faces is so much more powerful and it makes the company and a bit more warm, but it also makes traders and users have a bigger and greater affinity to the product. And that's really powerful, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm so pleased I went to the trader meets because uh, the, the sort of, uh, you get that, feeling of that passion to cut for want of a better word but it's like sort of palpable like everyone's talking you can hear the buzz in the room and just for the football index to present themselves to their future customers it's like a really good way to build up the uh, football co- index concept definitely so those trader meets are, are great ideas and uh yeah definitely come and say hello to me if you're there on the 31st of january uh we can have a yeah. chat and potentially a beer uh if you're buying <laughs> yeah i'll buy you one so, like, brilliant yeah I'm, I'm sort of 50 50 at the minute I, I want to go but it's like up in the air at the minute i'll have to ask mrs don very nicely <laughs> well speaking of mrs don there was a question from fi indy or f indy what does mrs don think of the index well, it's been a slow burner with her as well. <laughs> uh, you have to realise that like I do all the sort of betting. It's just in the background for her. But I've been like betting is more or less a career for the best part of a decade now, like betting at traditional bookies, betting at casinos, like uh, value hunting here, there and everywhere. So she sort of trusts my judgment. I mean, the problem with the index, or well, it's not a problem, but you do tie up a lot of funds. Uh, so she has noticed that sort of the uh, steak and chips has gone down to well, it's on it's on the way down to beans on toast you know, for tea because football index does sort of consume your uh, sort of spending money a bit more. And Mrs. Don, bless her soul, she's in the other room. I'll have to keep my voice down, but she likes to spend money. <laughs> so, but but I mean, like sometimes you've got to. As you know, you've got to invest money, commit money, put money somewhere where you can't like readily spend it. And then in the future, a decade, 20 years, then you can reap the benefits off that money. But in the meantime, sometimes you have to uh, tighten your belts. That's sort of a serious point. But yeah, but overall, she likes the index. You know, it's it's if I'm happy, she's happy to do with anything to do with gambling. A wise man once told me that there's no secret to getting rich. But if there is one, it's basically making more money, but keeping your spending the same. Um, And there's a really interesting forum on Reddit called FIRE. It's called um, Financial Independence Retire Early. 
if you're really interested in that kind of thing. I mean, I haven't really looked into it too much, but I've heard it. It's really interesting. But speaking of Mrs. Don, again, another question. Tony Graham says, Tony Graham would like to know if Big Don refers to himself as a third person in real life interactions, and if so, whether Mrs. Don also does the same. Well, I think you've proved it so far, Steve, that you you don't in real life. I do, I do have an answer to that question. It's like, sort of imagine me like, sat here at my computer like, and I shout, Mrs. Don, can you bring Big Don a cup of coffee? <laughs> and then she, I could just have visions of her come into my room with a frying pan and I get a big whack over the back of the head. <laughs> so... So, like, just in a nutshell, Big Don, like, he's, he's in a cupboard at the minute. <laughs> he, only come, he only comes out with Twitter time. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 even, I have to drop the guys for index gain as well on that forum because it's too much to keep up <laughs> the, the pretense. Many a time I've uh, written a tweet, you know, composed the tweet, and then just about to send it, and it's got, I did this and I did that, and I've, you know, and, and, and then I have to retract it and put Big Don in. <laughs> Like, the Superman to your Clark it's Kent. Just, it's just, it's just a bit of a quirk, really, just to uh, make it a bit different. Speaking the third person, <laughs> yeah, it certainly is interesting. But before we get into the serious questions, I'm going to plug myself a little bit for all of you guys listening. And I know that you definitely don't skip this bit. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube if you go over to the Football Index guide youtube channel just type that in on youtube you can find me um bank builder series the episode 13 just went out uh, 800 quid that's coming along well the football index blog that's some written work fortnightly me liam football index lm and fi trader he's got a great name there put out a fortnightly blog that um, goes out on medium that people seem to enjoy so have a look at that if you want to listen to my voice talk about football and not football index head over to the state of play podcast most recent episode i did i interviewed uh, john legosip who is an expert in all things french football and psg particularly we talked about uh, neymar and bappe whether or not those two will stay with uh, all of psg's ffp potential problems if you want to collaborate or sponsor the podcast hit me up on football.index.guide at gmail.com or dm me my dms are open slide into them and last but not least please leave a review it really helps me out and if you haven't subscribed already please subscribe but now on to the question first question is from morts m-o-r-t-z do you think there is a large number of traders who actually don't know what they're doing yeah there's a lot i'll just say now that there's a lot of good questions on this list and this is a good question uh I wouldn't like to say, really. Uh, I mean, I know we've had a, a bit of a time with new traders coming on to the index and prices seem to be moving in strange ways. We've had the, you know, there's a lot of hype buys, isn't there? Like youngsters that might never earn a dividend and they're increasing to what people perceive as ridiculous prices. So it, that might be where that question's coming from. Like, but I, I, I wouldn't like to say that there's a large number of traders that actually don't know what they're doing but you sort of need to get a grounding you need to start off small uh, and use your your assets in your character in your trading rather than just diving in but in answer to the question in a nutshell like as long as you start off slowly then you should develop the knowledge over time and then you become good at what you're doing but you, you can't like run before you can walk yeah definitely I think there are potentially a few people that have maybe deposited a bit more than they should when they start out do you maybe agree with that that's a good point yeah i don't agree that you should sort of take five thousand pounds for example or what is a big amount to you 
and shove it in the index. I mean, I've got a lot of money in the index now, but I would have thought my first deposit without checking my transaction history would have probably been somewhere in the region of £400 just to give it a dabble. Like, you know, when Bishop Dan said, let's join the index, I didn't like say, right, let's put £5,000 in, let's buy all these players, and like, I can do this, I can do that. Uh, you've got to learn very slowly. Uh, I've seen it on Index Gain commented that you need to read the rules before you start. I wouldn't go that far. I would say let, let's have an oversight of the rules, but you only really learn the rules by actually practicing the trading. So you can have a, you can sort of have bulletproof sort, like not bulletproof, bullet point sort of uh, understanding of the rules. Like you, you want to know what dividends are, like the basic concepts. Uh, you don't need to know all the points like what makes, you know, goal win, uh, game-winning goal, 40 points, etc. You'll learn that as you go naturally from the trading. So, like, take your time uh, and don't – I wouldn't recommend jumping in with even £500. Start off with £300 and buy two or three players and see see how it goes. Uh, if you're passionate about Football Index, like what we are and a lot of people are, then your balance will grow along with your enthusiasm. In, in, in probably a good little tip would be to sort of keep that sort of scale similar so your enthusiasm increases with your balance because uh, there might be a chance that you don't like it it's not for you you haven't got enough time to put in and you want you want to spend your time doing something else because football index is quite time consuming in a sort of uh, subtle way you get on with the rest of your life like you might go to the gym you might go for a walk walk the dog you've always got that phone with you checking out what's going on in the background, queue of the coffee shop, waiting for your uh, you know, your espresso in the morning, or oh, let's just have a little check of football index. It's quite a powerful, all-consuming sort of thing that you're getting into. Well, a product is really powerful when it becomes part of your daily life. I mean, there is that kind of sensible line that we have to draw because it still is a gambling platform to some extent, or to, to most of the extent. I mean, technically it is. But have you got any tips for people who are maybe being consumed by it in a negative way and are trying to take a step back slightly or they just want to forget about it and, and be comfortable with it? If, if, if it's affecting life in a negative way, when we're talking about responsible gambling here, if you, if you feel like you've got too much money in football index or any gambling product, then the best thing to do is to give yourself a break. Because, like, say if you've lost some money, say if you, like, for instance, like, say if you lose £300 in a night and, it, and you, re- you can't sleep, uh, you wake up the next day, it's affecting your work life. You, and, like, we all know that that can lead on to problems where you're going to pursue that and then lose money the next day and then you chase your losses. Uh, and the best thing to do is to have a break, a clean break. And that, what that does is it gives your brain chance to sort of... Uh, calculate the loss like come to terms with the loss because as human beings this is like something to do with psychology uh, jay hall the other week probably would be good on this point but when we lose when we win as humans we sort of forget about it in 10 minutes like we've banked the money however when we lose we dwell on it and then especially on football index you're going to make some bad uh, probably going to make some bad trades and over trade try to make that money back you might go to somewhere like Labrooks and try and make the money back. What you need to do is just have a break and maybe even talk to someone about it and then your brain will sort of accept and get back to a balanced state and then you can start again. But no, no, 
never ever overcommit money that you need to live into the football index. And I'm, I'm speaking there and I've done exactly that to a certain level, you know, where I've put too much in and then you end up having to sell players and take money out, which is in a, it's an inefficient way to trade. You want to be trading and withdrawing money and selling players for for logical reasons to do with football and performance. You don't want to be withdrawing money to do with because you need to feed the kids that night. Yeah, you should, certainly should only gamble what you can afford to lose. That's definitely a really important point to make. And I, yeah, really, really good words and wise words there from you, Don. Next question, Divi Dave. Knowing what you know now about the index, what would your advice have been to yourself when you first joined? I really like this question. That's a good question. It sort of uh, tall, tallies on with the one that we've just answered. Yeah. And one, one, one for me, although I've sort of had a good spread of putting my deposits in, and I would say they're evenly spread uh, throughout my football index career, because I started off just with £400, I have had episodes where I've put too much in and committed too much and then had to like forego things in real life. Uh, it's hampered my other betting activities that I do. Uh, so. I'd say you want to be under depositing rather than over depositing, definitely. But that's harping back to the last question. So I've always that's one big tip. Uh, the other thing is, like obviously, I uh, traded quite a lot in the early days, like over traded, I think, uh, especially in the transfer window, trying to get trying to get the edge. But I haven't got an edge over an experienced trader. Uh, I think for me, the long term trades, as everyone sort of knows I sort of go for the three-year hold. I will sell early if necessary, but I want to keep my players for as long as possible to so they can get as many dividends in that time as possible, uh, unless they give me a good reason that I should sell them before the expiry. Uh, so my advice would be to trade long-term, particularly at the beginning, because you can always shorten that time. There might be a time in a year's time where I think, well, let's have a go at uh, short-term trading. But uh, like even at my stage now, 14 months in, I don't think I'm ready for that. I'm not skilled enough and I haven't got enough time to commit to football index uh, to be able to give that a, a good go. Wise words, wise words. And another one that's uh, from a fairly new uh, trader, Luke Melia. Being fairly new to the index, how much football, i.e. Liga, Serie A, would you need to watch? Or do you focus a lot more on PB stats? I hear people talking about stats all the time and wondered how much time is dedicated to finding players through watching football. Yeah, another good question. I think the answer to this question, it depends on yourself. Uh, it depends. Like I know you figure you're very into your football, aren't you? Because you do football podcasts. Uh Someone like myself, I've got a passing interest in football, but I'm by no means an expert. If you're an expert on football, like I've got a friend that's joined Football Index and he, he lives and breathes football. He knows which transfers are going on here, there and everywhere. So it's so it, it's good for him to watch football and then he can see who the good players are and he naturally knows who to buy and might naturally know where, who to sell. My forte is coming from a value hunting background. Uh, like I don't necessarily have to know a lot about sport I just know have to know a lot about the mechanics of how odds work and how bets work and and how money uh, interacts with gambling uh, so watching football isn't a big priority in my tactic uh, and, and either to be honest with you is uh, looking at a lot of data or a lot of stats uh, I just have 
obviously I've got a lot of players, so I can't be looking at every single player and every single stat that's out there. But for other people, like they're really stats driven. And I mean, Opta Joe was in Dublin uh, as one of the guest speakers, and he was like reeling off stats off the top of his head, you know, really complicated stats. So if you're, if you're a stats sort of person, then that can be your forte. You can make money from that. If, if you just like watching football, that can be your edge because you're going to see lots of players that other people don't see. Uh, it depends what your background is and what you're good at. Choose what you're good at. Choose what your background is and then use that to sort of shape what sort of football index trader that you're going to end up being. I do think there are a lot of strategies and there are people who look at some data or none or a lot. Do you think there's a danger if you don't look at any data that you're buying players that don't have as much intrinsic value as they should? I, I do look at data, but like what I was saying, like I probably understated it. I don't overlook at it. There's some really good features. like The, the features I use on Index Gain are sort of the uh, IG moves. And I can see if there's been a drop in my portfolio, then I can like put in IG moves into my phone and then it'll give me like sort of a list of 20 players that have gone up and down there and then. Uh, so that's sort of useful data to me. And then I can put in, I mean, I'm not plugging index gain here. It's just, this is something that I use. Uh, I put in the forward slash player info. If I like, like the look of a player or a player's underperforming, then I can see what is a dividend sort of returns have been, or what is PB scores have been. I can put in a, IG scores and then you put in the player name and then you can see a list of the PB uh, the PB results that he's been getting. One thing I would say is the data is going to become much more sort of uh, deep as we go on because remember like I said this the last time but PB's just been going like last time it had obviously been going for less than a year now that I'm on the podcast again it's been going for about uh, 16 months for instance which in terms of data fields isn't that long a time it's so the data is going to going to become more prevalent in and more helpful really because you're going to be able to compare year on year rather than month on month so that's the index is going to gain going forward because then you're going to be able to compare uh, the present time to history and you're going to have a larger time period to compare to yeah for sure i do think there are so many people who are hungry for data and they're hungry for data that's easier to access whether that comes from third parties like index gain um like uh edge and noirx who've all been on the podcast before and i'm sure we'll see more pop up which i think was is only a testament to the the index's strength i i do wonder whether or not football index will at one point create some sort of robust internal part of their own app that that gives access to people to at least um kind of like touching on the surface of, of data uh, whether it or not it's kind of as detailed as you know what the guys at gain have done or, or other providers i'm not sure but at least some form of data i think will be helpful in the long term i know what you mean i think we will get to that where football index puts something on the site with the new site development maybe there'll be an opportunity for them to put a, a thicker layer of data on there however like yeah as you say noir index gain and football edge have always been out there providing data for for the data sort of geeks for want of a better word uh like the index so if you're a real data fiend you can use them facilities to to help your uh, trading decisions 
but it would be nice for Football Index, yeah, to sort of have a have, have some more data so that we can look at it just through the site. So that might be something to look at. However, however, in, in Index Gain and and the rest of the men Noir and Football Edge, they they are doing a good service and they're doing a they're helping uh, Football Index develop because they're giving data out to customers. So it's all a sort of Everyone's scratching each other's back. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I do think that it, to some extent, adds to the legitimacy of the platform. Uh, the, the next little section we're going to talk about is an exit strategy. Desi Ballers from Slack, the Index Game community, uh, asks, what are you expecting from your huge investments or bets and when do you plan to achieve it? Should traders have an exit plan in mind when they invest? I actually met Desi Ballers in Dublin at the trader meet. We came, we had a bit of a discussion. He's a big cricket fan, so he, he is waiting for a cricket index, and he'll he'll be all over that. I think he's using football index as a stepping stone to cricket index. But anyway, he's a really nice lad. Uh, so, exit strategy. He's maybe giving me a tip here because, to be honest, I haven't got a massive exit strategy. Uh, Everything sort of developed as it's went. I started off for £400 and then one day rolls into another, doesn't it? One deposit rolls into another. And before you know it, you've got more money in there than than what you know what to do with. It just sort of happens over time. Uh, so that harp back, harps back. There's plenty of time. Football index, by its very nature, is a long game. It is, it's it, it's uh, however long a game you want it to be. Obviously, the bet's got a three-year maximum capacity. And it can be so. I haven't really thought of an exit strategy. That that will depend on how Football Index uh, develops as a company and as a concept and as a sort of betting uh, genre. Uh, as to how it holds my attention, you know, if I get sort of not if I get bored of it or don't see the opportunity anymore or I doubt my ability as a trader at any point, like it doesn't suit me anymore. I can do better elsewhere then I might start uh, pulling money out but at this stage I only see positivity and I really enjoy it I enjoy the buzz on a Saturday of having the bets and having the PB available it gives me a, a, a buzz and then after that's finished then you've got Sunday you know you've got if you've got two triple days on a weekend two triple PB days it sort of adds to your weekend you know triple PB on a Saturday boxing on a Saturday <laughs> night to watch get up and watch the UFC that I've recorded overnight and then you've got PB on a Sunday what a weekend and then, eh? and then walk the dogs in the afternoon <laughs> and then everyone's happy sounds like the dream mate that's what I aspire to but um, I do want to say what a couple things right I think a lot of people seem to be putting a lot of questions forward about an exit strategy i.e. I'm going to put this amount in and I might put in more over a certain period of time. But at some point, I want to reach some goal or I want to take it all out at one point. There seems to be this kind of all in or all out mentality within football index traders in the community. And I've probably been guilty of it in the past. But what I think I've realized as I've gone on on this platform is that you might want to have an exit strategy for a player in singular in a singular uh kind of scenario right but in terms of your whole portfolio i don't think it's the best way to plan investing or betting 
on Football Index where you have a, right, I'm getting here and I'm leaving. I think it's far more efficient and effective to actually either withdraw slowly or withdraw dividends or give yourself a cap and then withdraw over that. Like there are so many different ways to actually de-risk your portfolio. I think people need to stop thinking about an exit and think more about like how risk adverse you are and think a bit more about kind of you know a de-risking side of things rather than a full-on cut the limb off exit strategy i don't know if you agreed on i I agree totally you answered that question like better than (laughs) i did uh yeah so so yeah you don't want to pull out all in one go like like you do it over time and i think you tweeted the other day didn't you about a three-year hold it was to do with otamendi like this is 99 i sort of took umbrage at it for a bit but i know what you're getting at you were saying that yeah 99.99 percent of players aren't a three-year hold and it's probably sort of correct in a way there's two sides to every argument like like but you you've got up to three years but there's always gonna be an optimum time to sell that player like it's very hard to get it right uh, but the best time might be after two years, for instance. But every every player's got a different shelf life, depending on his ability, depending on the team he's playing in. You know, like someone like Dybal and how he might be more value next year if he's not playing with Ronaldo, if he gets a transfer. If, if you know, there's a lot of variables, isn't there? So, like, your skill as a trader is to sort of exit at the right time. And what you said there was great because, like, you need to apply your exit strategy to singular players rather than your whole index. And it would be very costly to pull out all at one go because remember that the price that you see on football index is only available there to sell for the first 100 shares. So if everyone's, if you're taking out 1,000 shares, you're only getting the top price on the first 100 shares and then you're getting 10p less or whatever it would be when you get further down your share list. So... To withdraw over time would be much more efficient. Even six, like for myself, I would probably give like to get sell my portfolio from now till like if I wanted to leave, which I don't. Uh, I'd probably have to have a nine-month exit strategy and do it over time. Like I couldn't just do it tomorrow. Yeah, because you'd look at players when they're playing. Are they going to be value over the summer? All these factors that play in, as you mentioned, those variables are so important. It's interesting that we're talking about exit strategies because it wasn't the only question that we had. Rob from the Index Gain Slack community says, do you have a target in mind for withdrawing some of your funds? What's the end goal for you, Don? Retirement? I'd love to uh, be able to live off the dividends that Football Index provided me. That would be great, wouldn't it? Like I'm 47 now, say in about eight years, like have a really nice big portfolio, relatively big, and have my like my kids are sort of in about eight years. They'll both have left home, so I'll have a. I won't need as much money to live off. So, what could be a better way than to like? make your money through totally through football index i'm not there yet but in the future you could be but i haven't got any plans for withdrawing any funds as yet fair enough fair enough but uh so that that is maybe the aim those dividends to uh keep you ticking along which would be great uh next question is from rob phillips from the uh index gain slack community do you think we will ever have a market where we can short do you think there'll ever be a market where technical analysis plays a big part in trading yeah uh, no just 
that, that's coming from a different background to where I'm from because I've never really done stocks or shares. But shorting is like where you borrow a share and then you sell the share and then you buy it back at a cheaper price. So you pocket the difference and then you'll give it back to the uh, lender. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't think that would ever come, that sort of thing would ever come to football index where you can actually sell a player without owning yeah, it. Yeah, it's essentially shorting uh, that would be, like, that, a, like laying yeah. on, on Betfair, right? Betting against. Yeah. So that would be like laying on Betfair or on a, on a company like SpreadX, one of the spread betting companies that would be like selling. So, so I think it would become a bit more of a thinner sort of, uh, game, if you like, if you could short, because when you buy a share on Football Index now, you're buying a you're buying a stake in their performance. You're buying a stake in their health. You know, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm sure you are. Everyone's really gutted about what's happened to Emilia Salah because we've been following his story. He's just gone to Cardiff, and like, if you own shares in him, I'm not going to comment if I had him or not because it's not appropriate. Like. But if if you owned shares, then in, in him, then you have to have. There is a risk that we're human beings that you know you're going to get injured, career-ending injury, uh, or like there's been two players died in the last year. Uh, if you take away that, where then you can just sell a player without owning him, like or owning that share, then it will become like what I'd say would be a. a a thinner game because we've got a vested interest in their lives, haven't we? Like with the media attention that they get, so we sort of got a really big interest in these footballers, and just to be able to sell them without owning them. I think it would take something away from Football Index. I do think the way the platform's set up now, it'd be incredibly difficult to try and manoeuvre in some sort of shorting ability. Uh, and I do, I do really uh, appreciate what you said there as well. There are players that can go to zero very quickly, right? There are players like Zlatan Ibrahimovic where they can go from a three pound to a fifty p very quickly. And I think that the the index as it is is so immature, both from a trader standpoint and a platform standpoint, that if you started to introduce these things. I don't know in the in the next even couple of years I think it'd be co- too complex and I'm not even sure they could um but I do, I do want to just uh say a, a few words about uh, Emiliano Sala it was uh, devastating to hear that really really sad stuff so uh, thoughts with um his family uh at this tough time but uh, we'll move on to the next question football index sotd on twitter has uh, been on the podcast a few times great great guy i see you sometimes get a little bit of banter about not buying more when you've held a player from say 38p to five pounds why don't you buy more do you have a limit per player or is there another reason yeah this is i've had this on twitter a few times and like like to assess self as a trader, sometimes you've got to see your uh, negative points, and this could be deemed to be a negative point for me. And like, I'll try and put it simply. But if you buy for someone for thirty-eight p, which is very good, like as as has been proved, it was a good buy. Thirty-eight p. Say when he gets to one pound or two pounds, it's very hard then to make a further purchase because you've already got that same item or like that same purchase for. 38p so it becomes hard as a trader to pay more for the same for the same uh, share so I've just I'm, there must have been a point through the year 
that I saw him maybe at three pounds. I thought I'm not paying three pounds for him. I got him for thirty eight p. So I've just held off, and I've never ever bought more off him. So it's nothing to do with averages. It's just to do with that initial price being so low and just not really fancy and pay more for him. And then it's got to such a stage now that he's he's like on about a thirteen hundred percent increase in my portfolio, and I'll probably never buy more of him. Mm. But but I, I suppose you you do own him at that price as in if he went down a pound you'd still lose a pound value uh, is that ever really tough to see like if you have a player at 38p yes he's gone up 12 1200% but at, from that 5 pound point if he goes down a pound you still lose uh, essentially 100 pounds or no not 100 pounds or however many futures you have times a pound yeah yeah i i because I've got like a large number of players, like I think I've got eleven hundred players. I do see a lot of uh, players going down and up. So, like mentally and from a psychological point of view, I'm quite hardened to uh, players going up and down. Even from a gambling perspective, I'm, I'm I am quite good at losing, you know. So, like it just fits in with my strategy to sort of take the long term view. So uh, that was a uh, Jovic, sort of just. I'll just keep him on my, in my portfolio and see what happens to him. And if he gives me a good reason to sell him, like, if I think his price is inflated, then that, that'll be the time to sell. Because like you say, it's not necessarily a three-year hold. You might, you might think he's peaked at two years. But you'd have to give me a, a good reason to to get rid of him. But I don't mind if a player... like If Jovic goes down from £5 to £4, or whatever it would be now, uh, it wouldn't really bother me. No, I'd just like sort of keep going with the flow because the likelihood is with the influx of traders like the the boom that we've got that I would think that the uh, growth in the index will go up a bit more from this point generally so like that's a big protection factor isn't it the growth of the index because prices are gonna like they can go down quicker because people there's gonna be more people to sell but there's a lot of enthusiasm enthusiasm coming in so it's probably more likely that they're gonna go up for a good bit yes i mean i think it was batman bruce wayne posted a thing on twitter today comparing uh, january 2018 prices to january 2019 prices quite the change isn't it i think the top the top five had doubled in price yeah yeah apart from uh, i think harry kane's quite similar isn't he weirdly yeah but i, I, well, I mean like, like the uh, if you took away the names yeah the top five so one is doubled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you're right it's not, not everyone not everyone goes up. And and with more traders, of course, there'll be more scope for, say, such a player like Harry Kane, say, if he had an injury, the, the, the actual crash, crashes will become as like big as the booms, if you like, because uh, there'll be more sellers wanting to get rid. This, this, is, this, is, this is just harping back to that, harping back to that last question, like in risk, and how you said that players can go down to zero quite quickly if they move to America or China or have a career-ending uh, think that actually adds to the index because that means you're taking on more risk. So to be able to short players, like I know I'm harping back to the last question, uh, it would just become more like a, a, a spread betting site then rather than a share site because we, we, we're taking on a, not a lot of risk when we buy a player in football index because there is the human element. And if you took away from that human element, then I don't think it would be as good a product that's what I was trying to say before. Yeah, I, I do think you're right. Um, it's it's an interesting one, the, the shorting question. 
that Rob Phillips asked. But I, I do think there's um, something really powerful about being able to buy a player, see them go up quite a lot, which is obviously a euphoric feeling. And then when they fall, it's obviously a devastating feeling. So how do you, what would you give, what tips would you give to people to one, control that euphoria and and happiness when players go up and then also two, be calm and collected when the player actually falls? Now this comes down to trader psychology, obviously. I, I touched on it before, but when we win, when we win, we are euphoric, but that euphoria generally lasts for about, like, well, it depends on the individual, but it might last for half an hour. You know, you might win £500 half an hour later. You've, in, in your mind, that money's in the bank. In, like, it's your money, and it's always been your money. You lose money, like in this case, through a player dropping. It can be very mentally taxing. And that could be where just, like, so say such and such a player drops to half price and you've missed the boat, you haven't been able to get off. Uh, let make the decision there and then. Do I want to instant sell or do I keep make make a good decision, a good logical decision. Ask other people if you need to on Index Gain or on Football Index Forum, uh, or direct. You can direct message people on Twitter. You can anyone can direct message me at any time. Uh, but a good way to get around it to is is to not not log on for maybe two or three days and just just come away. Uh, and let you let your brain process the information that you've lost a bit of cash. Because it, yeah, it can be devastating. It does. It does pay dividends, though, doesn't it? Quite literally, sometimes when you can be calm in those times and not sell at the bottom, but also when they do fly up extreme amounts, not to be euphoric and and play into FOMO and buy more if you don't want to. Uh, overbuy into that position and make it too big a chunk of your portfolio or taking a bit off the top uh, like selling a few futures when they rise extreme amounts all these tactics can be employed to kind of limit that euphoria and then also limit the devastation when they fall that's one really good tactic is uh, if you're going to sell a player don't sell them all so say for example you've got 200 shares in a player and you want you think it's time to sell then maybe just sell 150 keep 50 back and then if he does rock it after, at least you've just kept a little bit in hand for that you're going to get the benefit from rather than have zero shares. And then, like, like emotions do play a lot a lot on it because if you're an unhappy trader, you're probably going to be an unprofitable trader. So if, if you can do things to mitigate the unhappiness, then, like, do it. Hedge your bets. Yeah, I, I did mention the all-in or all-out thing. When people will ask me, oh, uh, I'm not, I'm unsure about this player, what should I do? My go-to bit of advice is always, well, if you're really unsure, you're 50-50, well, sell half of them, right? Yeah, because that's fitting in with your logic. Yeah, exactly, because if you're, you know, if you're actually on the fence 50-50, then uh, kind of makes sense to sell 50%, right? Yeah, like, so if your emotion's telling you 50-50, then like, apply that emotion and put it into the actual financial transaction. That's a that's a good point. Yes. Right. So your next question, Don, to answer is from Football Index Focus from Twitter. Although you're a man with a big portfolio, if you had a budget of say five thousand pounds, which is still a relatively large amount, isn't it? How would you structure your futures, and how diverse would you try and be? Yeah. This question, I'm not sure if he means as a new trader or an established trader, but like, say, if you give me five thousand pounds in this moment to invest in the index, I'd probably 
I'd, I'd stick with my long-term strategy and I'd probably go for, let's have a look at my football index. I'd probably buy a few proven winners. You know, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd spend maybe £2,500 of it on the bigger players, like aiming for capital appreciation and good PB. Like, you want some money coming back in, don't you, from your bet. Like, you don't want to win zero from dividends. And then maybe save... I'd work my way down and spread it evenly and then maybe have some punts at the bottom on young players, you know, but I think with these young players, it's good to buy them at a cheap price, like sort of less than a pound because then there's not so much downside and some of them can have a lot of upside, you know, but it's it's when you buy them at sort of four pound, five pound, you, you've probably missed the, you're probably on the wrong side of the hype in that case, but you need to have some money that you, I'd say out of five thousand pounds, I'd have four thousand pounds would be on established good PB players that I'd have a look at the data and they'd have good returns. Uh, I think they were good footballers because I'd have watched them a bit and I'd be confident that they were going to do a good job for me. And then I might have a thousand pounds that I play about with a bit, and then on cheaper players, but ones that might accumulate a bit more. That's how I play it, but I would like I, I do view myself as a long-term trader. Uh, what I want to hold for as long as possible, rightly or wrongly, but that suits my uh, my strategy. And above all, I think what you've mentioned there is to to buy a diverse way of winning, if that makes sense. Buy into the oh, index yeah. with a diverse yeah. way of winning, and, and there's also. Um, that tactic of of keeping a bit on the side in your bank balance so that if an opportunity does arise whether a player's fallen a lot there's a transfer rumor a, a pb score that you like whatever it may be you have that money to to take advantage of i know it's hard right now because the market's booming you want every penny invested but that is also a, a very valid tactic and i know a lot of people uh, employ it so so well that's a very valid tactic but it's a tactic <laughs> that i'm really bad at because if if I've got money in that balance, it's getting spent within sort of half an hour of having a look. It's it's gone. My my balance is usually in fact my balance. I go as far as to say it says deposit. It, you know because it it goes down so low. I usually uh, use it all. Uh, that, that's why I have an odd number of shares. A lot of people ask me why do you have like an odd number of shares? Why do you have three hundred ninety nine of him and seventy six of him? Can you not just have a hundred of each for goodness sake? Well, uh, no. Like it's because of the balance. Like I buy however many players my balance can afford me at that time. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. A very unique tactic, but one that's paid uh, dividends very well, hasn't it? Next on to our uh, data section. Again, the good guys at Index Gain have provided me with some good stats and, and things to look at. And we thought it'd be appropriate, since uh, Big Don is a long-term holder, to have a look at the top 200 or 100 players 500 players 1000 players in terms of their market cap those individual um sections how much they've risen since june 2018 alone uh when you hear some of these uh numbers you'll, you'll be going crazy because you always be thinking why didn't i invest more at that time so the top 100 players the the total pricing has gone from 320.66 pounds to 543.2 pounds uh the top 200 has gone from 484.71 to 
1,300.6. The top 500 has gone from 815.74 to 1,320.41 pounds. So, and the top 1,000 have gone from 1,193 pounds, 82 pence to 1,851 pounds and 76 pence. So that's if you bought one of every share in the top 1,000. What do you make of this astounding growth since uh, June 2018, Big Don. This is only seven months ago, mate. It's quite amazing, isn't it? I mean, last time I was on the podcast was just post-World Cup, which was, that was the start. Well, the World Cup was sort of the start of a big boom period. And it's all to do with the concept catching on and on the road, being on the road to being mainstream. Uh, more and more people coming onto the index like we've seen in January. Uh, and it's quite simply down to demand for players and like when you've got a lot of uh, when you've got a lot of users on the product and the prices get forced up uh, the prices get forced up very quickly because there is such a lot of users and a demand for these shares and because the price goes up by a, by one pence per hundred shares bought that happens quite quickly with a lot of people playing the actual game of football index. I think that's what we're seeing. We are certainly seeing a surge in interest, users, money, all those things. And it's really great for the index, isn't it? Um, But uh, thank you very much for the data index gain. Bishop, you've mentioned him before, and DCA doing some great stuff. Do you know, I was the first customer on index gain. Wow. Wow, there you have it. I, I will have you know. <laughs> it was just it was just me and Bishop bantering on the uh, Slack. Not even DCA? DCA came a bit after. Oh. He's, he's the man with the numbers. He is the man with the numbers, a very smart man. But he was actually he was actually very good the other week on your uh, podcast. He was. I liked I liked his little uh, analogy about gambling. Is it a gambling product or is it an investment product? And he came up with that very good answer about everything's gambling. Life's life's a gamble. Life's a gamble. Insurance insurance is gambling uh, investing in stocks is a gamble uh, he came up with so many sort of things that are gambling yeah. it's just a matter of what sort of pigeonhole you put it in every every thing falls into the section of you know probability doesn't it um whether you're buying a house um it doesn't matter all these things there's probability that something will happen to them or their value uh, but if you guys want to check out index gain head over to indexgain.co.uk and if you want a cheeky discount use the code fig2019 at checkout for 50% off your first month that's a whole 50% isn't that incredible so you'd be paying £4.25 for the first month instead of £8.40 nine which is uh, pretty significant stuff over half off and a quick disclaimer this is uh, for new users only so if you're thinking about being cheeky getting off the platform then getting back on unfortunately you can't do it even though that's quite clever uh, i think uh, dca and bishop would hunt you down if that were to happen but next question we've got a whole section here big don about having loads of players first question from dom f on Twitter, you've held so many players for such long periods, presumably through many cycles of red and green. Have you learned that patience pays off more or often or less often? And do you question your strategy and decisions along the way? We've touched on this a bit, but why don't you talk a bit more about it? Yeah. Well, if I look down my uh, portfolio list, 
like obviously there's a lot of green, and but I have got a lot of red players. However, when I do look, uh, I'll have a look and say one player will be like, for instance, let's put a number on it. One player will be twenty pound up, and then I'll go down. There'll be a red player. He'll be sort of five pound down. The reds, the players that are in profit are generally in profit by quite a lot, and the reds, the red players, aren't down by a significant amount. In general, I've got a couple of like shockers in there that have gone right down. I think it's uh, that Martinez fella. He's about 60p, and I think I bought him for about a pound. So he played for Atletico Bilbao, is it? In What's his name again? I Martinez. I think he's quite a good player, really, but he's just sort of not... Uh... Inigo Martinez, is that? That's it, yeah. He's the, He was linked with uh, quite a few clubs in all over the place, really, and then um, Laporte went to Man City, and that's the guy that they replaced him with. Yeah, it was, came out so, of nowhere though, doesn't it? So uh, that's a, that's a hard one to get yourself out of if you didn't see it straight away. Um, but you know, yeah, there was probably that, that was probably one of your things where that was a really good time. <laughs> it, was good, it was a good time to sell, and like, unfortunately, he's he's uh, languishing in my portfolio, and I'm hoping for a miracle. So, so do you question these this strategy ever, or have you found this is the oh, yeah, perfect not, way for you to to trade? It's the like in my mind, it's the perfect imperfect strategy because the imperfections are sort of like like a like I accept them. I'm good at accepting the imperfections, but uh, there's a lot of benefits to it. You know, I don't I don't I make rash decisions because uh, it's going to take a lot for me to sell a player. I've made some good sells over the one of the best ones was when I heard that Yannick Carrasco was going to go to China. Uh, that was like sort of maybe last April or something like that, and I got rid of him very timely, and then and then I bought him back prior to the World Cup, and then he's he's gone up quite a lot because there's been quite a lot of speculation that he's going to come back to Europe. And one of my best one of my best uh, buys was uh, Axel Witzel because I got him pre World Cup, uh, and I've hung on to him, and I think I got him for an average of a pound, and now he's obviously about two pounds thirty. But it, it's sort of a uh, this is a good one. It swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I'm having quite a lot of swings, and the swings make me feel good. And then, like, there's a few roundabouts in there. There's quite a lot, and I'm quite accepting of them. But there is a few. I think we're going to move on in a minute to a question that's going to deal with one of my biggest roundabouts that I did not play well. Uh, but as a as a like, because I've made like quite a lot of money out of gambling over the years. Like, one of the things that I am good at is accepting a loss. And like I can look at the reasons why I made that loss, accept it, and then I make a good decision and the best course of action going forward. Uh, whether that's to be to sell, to cut my losses, or to maintain my position, right? Then I'll like I said without Martinez, leave him in there. Uh, growth in the index is your friend. You know the popularity. People, like something might happen, and then there's more players coming on, and then you might just come to a point where I can sell them at maybe a slight loss, or even let them get into profit. Some some of my players have been up there and then really dropped back and then and then they'll come from nowhere and then they'll be sort of level to what I bought them at. You know, but patience pays off. But I'll hop back to what you said. There is a right time to sell and I don't get that correct time right very often. But I'm probably going to do it enough to keep myself to keep myself good. And, and on that question, Football Index Guru says, with such a wide portfolio, when do you decide to cash in on a player? You kind of alluded to it there, but I was going to ask you, and I'm going to 
pivot his question a little bit. Do you get more euphoria from doing or like generating a good sale, selling a player at a good time, than you do having a player that's in profit because you sell uh, far less than you do buy? How many times do you see on a Twitter or on Index Game, for example, oh, I wish I didn't sell him because he's just gone up. You know, I, I wish I didn't sell him for £6 because he's gone up to £10. It's a, it's a comment you hear like, over and over again. And it happens with me. I've sold players. I think I sold a little bit of Wilfred Zaha yesterday at £3.22. And like, I'll look at it, Football Index today. He's up to something like £3.33. And you think, ah, you know, like you have that little bit of uh, disappointment. But you know, it was a right, it was a correct decision for me yesterday because I decided it was correct, and today it was proven to be the wrong, a slight wrong decision. You've you've got to accept that you're going to make a lot of errors in a football index because this is one of the points I was going to make. I've, I've done. You'll have to get me back on track. But it's it is a complicated game. It's got quite a simple set of rules and like sort of everyone knows the guidelines, and we should be striving to know how the ins and outs of the workings of it. And like, I know the workings of it because I've grown like I've grown with it. For 14 years, uh, 14, not 14 years, I'm getting ahead of myself, 14 months. Uh, but uh, you're going to do a lot of losing, and it's how you, you, you've got to deal with them losing runs. Because sometimes you might be having a losing day, and everyone else is having a winning day. But like, does that mean you're going to sell? Maybe not. Maybe your winning day is going to be the next day. You know, but you've got to really take a sort of a sensible view over losing, because just because you're losing, doesn't mean you're necessarily going to sell at that time. That would be like one of my, my top tips. Mm. But back to the question. Yeah. I, I do sometimes, like, I mean, what, one of my big things is if a player's likely to go like to one of these non-PB leagues, such as uh, Bizistas or China or the MLS, you know, like Rooney, I think I had Rooney, sniff of him going to America, like get rid. So, like... Or if a player's really performing badly. I mean, I have got Lukaku in my portfolio, but it's such a struggle to keep him when you see him. Like, you know, you watch him in the flesh and he looks about, like, it looked like he had about three Christmas dinners in him when he was playing on Boxing Day. I said, come on, Romelu. Like, you're a professional athlete, for goodness sake. You need to have, like, one one portion sunshine. Uh, but, you know, and I've got him for £4.50. And you think, how, like, how the hell is he £4.50? It takes him about, he's got to have 25 minutes notice to turn around. So, you know, sometimes you think, well, this is the correct, like, I did t- I did sell, I, I, I did my tactic. I think I had about 250 shares of Romelu Lukaku, and he was really good in the World Cup. He was, yeah, he? yeah, he was. Uh, like, he's, he's, he's impressive when he's on form. He's so, he's so strong and powerful. However, I, I did my thing. I took some off the table. That's your quote. Take some off the table. I didn't sell him all because what happens if he loses that weight? It becomes like, a whip it again like Usain Bolt and he's uh, flying down the centre for Man United and he's loving Ole, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and he's start scoring hat-tricks for fun for Manchester United and I'll, at least I've still got 110 shares of him left even though even though like, it's hard to keep a hold of him when everyone's telling you you should get rid why have you got Romelu Lukaku so that's one thing. Like it's quite like I remember uh, Dan Bishop the other week says he's a contrarian trader. That's not a bad uh, way to be. If everyone's telling you not to do something, maybe maybe do it. So if everyone's telling you don't have Romelu Lukaku in your team, maybe have him because next next year he might be two stone lighter. 
<laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I have so many players because people say, "Oh, yeah, you shouldn't have that many players. You should like you, you should only have a hundred. Hundreds too many." So like, why have? But I keep seeing good buys, and then I just buy them, and I, I have a sort of thing about selling. So it's sort of like a collection. To put a, to put a fishing angle on it, like I've, I've cast my net far and wide, like I've, I've, and I'm hoping that like my nets like catch a lot of dividends. So that that is the reason because Mr H from uh, the Index Gain Slack community asks, why is your portfolio a significant size rather than a smaller one, and and that's why you want to rein in all the dividends, right? Yeah, that reason. Yeah, one one of my, my things is like the, the the capital appreciation that I've had. That's like really a bonus, like. Harping back to February when uh, I was like running at a loss, my I was I was happy with my dividend haul at that time. I thought these dividends are good value as they stand. So if after sort of two years, like my uh, obviously I'd be disappointed to lose the capital appreciation, but I'm more I'm more I am more interested in the dividends really. And I've probably got too many players for full efficiency. But remember, I've got other things to do like other than football index or. So, I cast my net far and wide and that enables me to sort of uh, relax a bit. I can go to sleep easy at night knowing that if one player goes up, another player's going to go down. It's all going to sort of even itself out. Uh, and I've, I've put a big sponge in there and it's going to soak up a lot of water. Yeah, we had loads of questions about uh, you having loads of players. Uh, golfing granddad or GG for E-Index as he's now uh, rebranded as, is it fun or a little boring owning every little player on the, every single player on the index or so that dividends are guaranteed every day. Jamie Harewood, what makes you decide to buy all players? And prior to buying all the players, did you try other strategies? I think you've alluded to that a bit. Football Index Dragon, bloody hell, people love hearing about you having every player. For people looking to get a larger range of players, do you have any tips on how to monitor the price movements? How do you know which player has caused your drops or falls when you log in? So why don't you talk a bit more around those subjects? Do you get bored? How do you monitor these prices all the time? On the on the contrary, on a Saturday morning, I'm like thinking, "Oh, this is this is a uh, this is great." You know, I'm like I'm likely. You know, I've, I've boasted a few times. Big Don's boasted a few times on Twitter about getting the uh, football index full house of dividends, and it's quite satisfying. But but I get a bit of entertainment because you might say it's boring because you're going to win. But some players are better for me than others. You know, I might have like 400 shares in such and such a player, and he beats like the player who I've only got 100 shares in. So at least I'm going to get the 100 shares, like the 100 shares worth of dividends like but obviously i'd rather have the 500 or the 400 uh worth of dividends so so yeah i'm virtually i'm not guaranteed dividends tonight because this match on the single pb this french game tonight i haven't got many players in that so i'm probably gonna i might scrape one i think and then i'm gonna i always get the media generally uh so it's not boring because I've always I would always favour one player beating another. Like say I've got a lot of uh, Antoine Griezmann. So recently he's had a couple of PB wins and bits were won the other week. Uh, one of the best ones was uh, Diego Godin. He won PB once. He scored a fluky goal for Atletico, and now uh, you got the top defender and I think you got the star man on a double day. And he didn't even go up. I'm thinking why hasn't, why hasn't he gone up? He's like a beast in, in the central defence for Atletico Madrid. Uh, he's a bit like Chiellini. He's a beast, but he never goes up. They don't attract any attention. You know, like when I watch them, they look great players. You know, like, like the other day I was watching Dybala uh, for Juventus when he fed uh, Emre Can for that goal. He had four players around him. Attract, like such a good player, but you know he's 
a lot of people say he's overly priced at £7.30 or whatever, but I think in a year's time, Dybala, like, I know he's uh, inhibited a bit by Ronaldo and the way they play, uh, but he looks such a good player, he's got such a good touch. That goal he scored in the Champions League against Manchester United like recently, he really controlled it, or he, he might have missed, but he does some ph- phenomenal, ph- that word, phenomenal things with a football. You can just tell, can't you? But that does that does that. That's one of the skills of football index. Does watching a player and hear the commentator rave on about him like does that translate into performance buzz? Uh, well, sometimes not, not necessarily. But anyway, getting back to it, yeah, like I, I do like having a lot of players because it gives you, you you're in the game, aren't you? Like. I'm always in that game on a Saturday. Like, even if I haven't got anyone from the three o'clock games on the leaderboard, I'm liable to get one. Like Messi might come along later on and give me a chance. You know, I've always got a game to watch where someone's going to uh, perform for my uh, portfolio. So it's so I'd say it makes it uh, less boring for me. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone has their own taste, doesn't don't they? So it's all about doing what's good for you. But we've got loads of questions about the share split here, Don. Uh, F- can I just go on to uh, sorry? Can I just go on to Jamie Harwood? Oh, go on, mate. Yeah, sure. What made me decide to buy all the players? Like, I haven't bought them all, but I mean, like I bought maybe half of them. Uh, however, I didn't decide. It, it, everything happens like over time on football index. It's not. I didn't like decide on day one. Right, I'm going to have all these players. It sort of uh, evolved. It's it's an evolving story, and I think it's more down to my uh, lack of. Uh, lack of selling that I've just accumulated these players like a, a stamp collection uh, so so that's the that, that's the answer it's just that I see I, I see quite a lot of value in the players that I buy because I do uh, I do look at them and, and then I, one of the things is I see the value in retaining that player for as much of the three years that is possible without like but I've got a tip like a bit of a view to what you said on Twitter about there's going to be an optimum time to sell like Someone like Otamendi, he's not going to be a three-year player because he's getting long in the tooth. He's not going to be playing for Man City forever. Uh, so maybe his time's come and gone. So I, I need that, that's somewhere where I'm, I'm probably going to have to tighten up. But there you go. There we go. There we go. Jamie Howard, uh, another another answered question for you, mate. Uh, next question from... Uh football index wolf uh do you trade or bet on any betting exchanges or use any other stock market and how much of your net worth is currently invested in the index obviously the second question you don't have to answer big don no it's all right i'll, I'll come i'll come to that uh, well i've used betfair a lot over my life uh, my betting life i've traded on betfair i've done quite a lot of trading on golf uh, uh in play golf because like golf's my main sport that i know about and so I've sort of done quite a lot on there. I actually went to a trading course with someone called Tony Hargraves at Old Trafford about four years ago, and he taught me a lot about identifying value. Uh, took a lot of his sort of uh, techniques to heart, and he said he spoke a lot of sense. That's uh, his name's Tony Hargraves. I really uh, like sort of follow him, like for some of his advice. I, I sort of rate him as a trader. Uh, I haven't used any other stock markets as such because I'm, it, they don't really interest me. You know, to buy a hundred shares in Tesco doesn't float my boat so much as buying a hundred shares of uh, Paolo Dybala. Like sort of the latter sort of interests me more. It gives me more excitement. And as I said before, there's there's a lot of risk when you uh, buy a player on Football Index. 
Uh, maybe that's another reason why I've got a lot of players because like, it, it does de-risk your uh, your your game if you like. I mean, so does that. Uh, I've got I've got a lot of my uh, my money invested in the index. Um, and I, I don't know about net worth, but basically what I did, I used to have a lot of money in Betfair for my various activities to do with betting, golf trading, uh, horse racing, uh, arving, football betting, you name it. And it was it basically lay in Betfair. And a lot of the time it was unused, lying there dormant. And that sort of, it was a bit like uh, the, the sand timer, you know, turning the sand timer over and it, the funds flowed from Betfair into uh, Football Index, which is more of a fluid market. Your money's working for you when you're asleep or it could be working for you when you're asleep. You could also be losing money while you're asleep. But that's that's the flip side of it. Uh, we're all big boys. We uh, live and die by our decisions on Football <laughs> Index. We certainly do. We certainly do. Uh, next questions are all about the share split. A whole section okay. dedicated about the share split. Have these just appeared. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, it's they've right. been here the whole time. You just didn't no, look down. FI Lollipop Man Steve, what ratio of share split do you think would benefit the platform most? General feeling is a 4x share split. Will dividends be attractive to new investors if we do? split by fours I have thought about this the last couple of weeks everyone's saying about that divide by four aren't they and that sort of brought me into thinking that's what it would be because like, I, t- I do tend to think there's a lot of people out there that sort of could know more than me so it sounds like a good number to deal with uh, the, uh, yeah so yeah divide by four but this is the thing I said to this to you the last time. You know, when Big Don goes to a restaurant, like they bring him the menu, I, I'm I'm perfectly happy to eat off the menu that uh, Football Index give me. So if it's, I'm I'm not too bothered whether it's a two, a three, a four, or a you know. I think Kieran alluded to when he was on your podcast the other week. He, he was sort of going the other way where you'd have Messi at like like you have know, fifty pound payout on Messi. You know, you'd be buying fractions of him, a bit like a Bitcoin, where you buy a fraction of a Bitcoin, that, that type of thing. Uh, I don't think we should go that way. I think it's nice to own whole shares of the player. I think the share split will be beneficial uh, because then prices will be lower. I mean, I've just been thinking that last week to myself, you know, how it's going to affect me psychologically. I'm thinking of the player I was thinking about was uh, just, I'm not pump, I don't want to pump him, but like, say, Griezmann, like, you know, he floats about that five to six pound. Mark, like, so just point him at six pounds, he's increased a bit today. I think it's gone over six pounds. Then you divide that by four, that's going to be it's going to be one pound fifty. I mean, I'm going to be like, like one pound fifty for like, like, we used to see him at six pounds. It's like it's going to be such a sort of uh, even for experienced traders, even more experienced traders than me, it's going to be hard to look at what like you're going to be like, oh, you, you, you're going to have to give your uh, Mrs. Mrs. Don's going to have to take the debit card off me. Uh, now, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I'm sure football... But in terms of those dividend yeah, yields, Big it. Don, even if you buy that uh, Griezmann at £1.50... Yeah. This is the thing. Well, this is the thing. So that's the that's the positive. Everything's got a yin and a yang or a positive and a negative. So we're going to have our uh, Antoine Griezmann at two, uh, £1.50, which seems like ludicrously cheap, but you know, it, it, it's going to relatively... The dividend payouts are going to be much less and we're used to seeing on a Saturday 18p uh, so that's going to go down to four and a half p for your uh, triple pb uh, that 
That's right, isn't it? No, that, you get Starman, that's going to be 18. That's going to be four and a half P per share. So obviously we're used to seeing it's all relative. Uh, I don't know. I know I know for a fact, sort of, and I don't think they should. I, don't, I think they should, uh, they should just do the share split and keep the dividends relatively the same, if you know what I mean. So quarter everything. Uh, like, so you divide the you divide the uh, shares by four. You divide the payouts by four because we don't. The worst thing you can do is sort of over egg the cake sort of thing and bring up bring in too many changes too soon. However, with all these IPOs that come in regularly, the playing field is getting bigger. You know, there's more horses in the race. Uh, to coin bishops down from index gain, he always says there's more horses in the race. You've got less chance to win, so there's more shares out there, more players. So could football index, I would say, after the share split, could they tweak the dividends up a little bit? I don't think they could do it by much because they are, I think, still very good value as they are. And I'll I'll get onto that in our one of our other topics regarding a return on return on investment. Mm-hmm. And like there is that thing though, isn't there? When you just enter the index, I don't know if, or when you first find out about it, I'm not sure if dividends is what you learn about first. I I think that people talk about it, right? They pay out dividends, blah blah blah. But very rarely has someone asked me about it and I explain it, where they're like, okay, well, how much are That's you paid out? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I I don't think people ask about it as a, a newer person on yeah. the platform so, as much as we think because obviously when you're on the platform for you know four weeks plus you do realize that obviously dividends are what drives the platform and that's what makes players valuable but i think when you're first entering it you're kind of just in this uh, land of make-believe where you just don't really know what's going on so correct. I, sorry go on sorry. i'm chomping at the bit to get in there you know I don't get a word in edgeways with Mrs. Don, so I have to like really uh, be aggressive in uh, interruption. Sorry. But anyway, uh, you're right. The only time you properly learn about dividends on Football Index, probably for most people, is when they actually start creeping into your account. You know, like when you see your transaction history and you've won £3.33 on a Monday night, and then you think, oh, that's what dividends are. And then you have a look, where did that come from? And then you might do a bit of research because the actual money's coming in. Uh, it's a very slow process, and you can't learn it all in one go. You, you might learn the price movements. There's so much to take in, and you learn by doing, especially on football index. If you imagine how complicated football index is, it's got like quite a – in one sense, it's, it's simple because they've uh, set the rules and everyone knows what rules they're playing by. It's a complicated game. But if you think of uh, – like I've got this written down. But if you think of a game like poker – it's a really simple game. It's got a really simple set of rules, but it's like it's virtually it's virgin on being a sport, isn't it? It's like it's got so much psychology behind it, uh, and it's 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 like mainstream, and that's that's a game with very little rules. And something like chess has been around for centuries, and it's played to a very high level with a very quite a simple set of rules. So if you think football index is more complicated rule wise than chess or poker there's so many variables to get used to to do with trading techniques to do with uh, capital appreciation to do with receiving dividends yeah you're probably right that dividends is the last thing you think about but certainly when i joined sorry i'm not letting you get a word in edgeways but certainly when i joined i, I didn't appreciate the dividends it was uh, dan that said to me 
Uh, yeah, if you played as well today, like you might get some dividends. And I think maybe after, because I didn't have that many players in the beginning, but after maybe a week or so, like I got my first payment, you know, it's always an odd, an odd amount, isn't it? You think, oh, where, where did that £6.49 come from? And then and then that makes you go in, away and like look at the rules and then you think, oh, that's it, yeah. And then you might think, oh, well, I just missed out on that other £3.49. And then it starts, once the money starts uh, calculating in your head, you soon learn, you, you soon pick up on what the dividends are through receiving, naturally. Yeah, so your point was very good uh, there, yeah. But uh, I think as a community, we do uh, our best, and certainly you do, like, uh, to educate our uh, new starters because it's in everyone's interest, of course, that uh, it's more important that this thing takes off as a big mainstream concept Then we've got to uh, sort of help everyone to get used to it because like, it, at the end of the day, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. Uh, but there is that in everything. In poker, there's, there's people that lose and there's people that win. But the main thing about football index is, what, like, maybe you'd be happy, like, you know, down the road when it's all leveled out and the dividends are in line with the prices and what have you, and every, everything's sort of a bit more a level playing field and the skilled traders are going to make their money. There's going to be professional traders that are going to be making their living out of it. And then you'll have this little category that will be the leisure punter or the leisure uh, football indexer and he's going to be quite happy losing his £100 over the course of the year but he's going to have all that entertainment of like being in the game and he's, you know and, it, and in his head he might have won because he's had such a good time doing it you know if, if I was a poker player I'd have a great time going to Las Vegas and playing all, all these poker competitions but I might end up you know I might end up uh, like a £1,000 down but in terms of the value to my life that it's had then like, I, I'm a, a net winner so we had a quite similar questions from FPL addict. I actually met him at a um, fancy football meet, which was great. Great to meet someone there who's also on Football Index. He says, "What's your view on prices? Is the ceiling raised or is it just a bubble?" On some like Rashford and Sancho, etc. Obviously, we've alluded to previous episodes. It feels quite bubbly. When the share split happens, while prices are perceived lower, will that affect the perceived appeal and value of dividends to some and affect the market in turn? Uh, I think we do want to talk about a bit about ROI, don't we? Here, Steve. Uh, first of all. We've kind of answered that um, question, or I've certainly talked to a little bit about how maybe traders who come on to the uh, platform don't really care that much about um, dividends when they first start because they don't really know what they are properly. They don't really know what their value is. What are your thoughts on the, the prices currently? Do you think this is feeling a bit like uh, too much too soon or are you uh, excited by well, it? I'm excited about the whole thing like the share split everything that's happening I think they roll it out at a steady rate but at some point the game's going to have to be complete and we take it from there uh, as, f- as for uh, prices it's a funny thing prices because really like when you buy a player at some point in that three years you're going to sell it back aren't you? you're going to sell him back so really it's a little bit like a reverse loan if you like and you're going to get your dividends like like you might buy a player for five pounds and if you do averagely well you're going to sell him later on for five pounds and then i think uh dca talked about this on your podcast where it's all about the yield and that yield's pretty hard to work out like you know it's sort of a lot of guesswork from the traders as to what's value and what's not value because like presumably you're going to sell the player back roughly 
the same price average wise as what you paid for him so then it becomes like about like the uh, profit is what the yield is over the time that you've had so I, i'd say the actual most value you'd get out of a football index bet uh, would be the one that you retain for three years you know because that gives you the maximum time to receive dividends uh, from that particular purchase uh, getting back to return on investment if you'd like to talk about that now uh, that's an interesting one because you see on twitter everyone's posting about uh, i've made like 60 you know 60 percent profit or i've made 100 percent profit or i've made 20 percent profit and it's all great isn't it i'd uh, argue that it it's better than what people are making out because when we invest in football index we're not depositing all our money on day one certainly from my perspective i've like spread mine right through the year and i would i would say if you went for strict return on investment calculation for my portfolio i, I guess here because i haven't really done it but i'd say i'm 60 percent up now but my average my average uh deposits have probably been the average would be half of what my total deposits are now so you could argue that really in terms of strict return of investment that uh, I'd be near a 120% return on my investment, which sounds great. It sounds better than 60%. In fact, it sounds fabulous. But getting back to the uh, original question about the bubble that you were saying, these prices that you see could be argued that they are slightly inflated from the point of view. I'm not having a go at Football Index here, but the price that you see is only available for the first 100 shares when someone decides to sell. So if there's a big selling splurge especially now there's loads of new uh, and a lot of new traders now that's going to become magnified uh, so when people start selling when there's a rumor of someone going to the mls or there's a rumor of someone going to china and everyone's jumping ship uh, that 10 pounds price tag that you see on whoever it may be is soon going to go down to three pounds and then what happens to your return on investment calculation then uh, so it's 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 it, it's quite fragile. It's quite a fragile number is the return of investment. In one sense, you can uh, make the figure better than what it is. But in another sense, you've got to be very careful that what we are playing is quite a risky game by nature. But you can't get away from that. Yeah, I think one thing I do want to pick up on is what you're talking about is people looking at simple ROI, right? And I think I had a conversation with uh, Dan and DCA off, off air when we were recording the podcast, I said, it's interesting that we're seeing loads of people post this when they're factoring their total deposits and they're looking at their total portfolio value plus cash balance and they're working out the ROI from there. But it's not really the correct way of working out ROI, is it? I mean, when you look at traditional uh, wealth managers or um, robo-advisors or if you use something like Hargreaves Lansdowne, whatever it may be as a stocks and shares ISA, they'll give you a, a simple ROI, which is what I just said, the actual total deposits your um, and what your portfolio is worth. They'll give you a money-weighted one and a time-weighted one. Now, I'm not going to say I'm an expert and know how to work those out, but I think it'd be in Football Index interest to probably have a tab that displays all three of those things because the simple ROI can be really misleading if I deposit in 15 different uh 
portions and I also withdraw on five different occasions. How do I work out my ROI? If I don't have any money in the platform, how do I work out my ROI? If I've bought more uh, shares on a certain day and uh, than another, you know, it, all these variables come into effect. And I think that the sooner Football Index create uh, these things that can help monitor portfolios to a better extent i think the better it'd be excellent if football index had that facility because it, it is it is such a complicated uh, calculation i had a little conversation with dca via text on index gain about it and he said you'd have to log each trade and monitor each trade and it'd be a really arduous task the best we can do is sort of punters is have a bit of a guess at it uh, you know maybe half what you're what your deposits are will give you a rough guide, like uh, a rough guide to what the ROI would be. But maybe Football Index, you know, they've got some clever people there, techie people, they could maybe come up with a calculation that would accurately do it. And then maybe in the new website, that could be implemented. Uh, and that would be a really great feature, you know, to have an accurate, an accurate uh, return on investment because that's what people look at, isn't it? And then, you can say to other people, "This is what look. This is what I've made on Football Index. You know, it could be a good selling point." Yeah, I do think that money weighted or time weighted thing would be so so good for Football Index because it but, would. Go on, sorry. But in, in a positive light, this makes me think because this is actually saying that your ROI is better than what you thought it was. So. That tells me that dividends are even uh, even more value than than uh, what you perceive. Like there's still a lot of uh, value in the dividends at the present prices. Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure, there is definitely some great value out there. Uh, next question from Alan Cooper: When the share split comes, will you feel you've got too many shares in your players and diversify a bit more if that's possible? I did see this question actually. Uh, Again, that, that's one that I'm thinking quite positively about because, I've, like, say for the, the example we used before, Jovic, I've got 100 shares of him and I've sort of avoided buying any more due to my uh, psychological weaknesses as a trader. Uh, so after the share split, assuming it's going to be divided by uh, the share split's going to be four, that means I'm going to have, does that mean I'm going to have 400 Jovic? Have I got that right? Yeah, I've got 100, so I'm going to I'm going to have 400 Jovic because uh, his price is going to be quartered. Yeah, so that's so I'm going to so for a lot of players like that where I've got 100 psychologically, I'm going to feel like I've got more more ownership of him. But obviously, the downside is going to be the dividends is going to be proportionately less on him. So in reality, I haven't got more of him. But you know, I'm used to seeing 100 Jovic on my uh, portfolio balance. Uh, and now after the share split, assume it's going to be four. The factor is going to be four. It gets confusing to talk about. Uh, but I'm going to have 400 of him. So this share split is going to sort of make me feel a little bit happier, I think, about occasions like that. And it might even lend me to sell a few people. You know, like if I've got 400 now of someone and that turns into 1600, I might be more inclined to say, well, I can get rid of a few of them because I don't need them. So psychologically, yeah, we we know we all know it's it like intrinsically it's the same. You're getting the same deal, but the you can say you can dismiss the psychology of it as much as you want, but psychologically, it's going to play a big factor even to the experienced traders. 
Yeah, it it really does. It really does. And I think that thing that I talked about, um, the people who are just coming on, not really understanding or caring about dividends, I think that will play a, a big part, won't it? Uh, next question, uh, John Rennick. In play, dividends have been running for a while, resulting in more value at the bottom of the index and arguably much more commission paid to FI. Do you think they'll promote this further by keeping in play dividends the same while splitting everything else for a split uh, i don't think they'll do this but what are your thoughts about in play dividends in general here don i think they'll be in line with what they are now so there's no difference they won't keep them at the same level so in fact you're getting a bigger payout for in play dividends uh so that would be my thought it'll just be sort of all relative to what the share split is and payouts will remain the same in a mathematical sense uh, uh, by the way, I loved your video the other week of the like where you had the uh, blue bars and the overlaps, saying that that's so in player dividends have increased the value of players' uh, prices because of all these thirty-day overlaps. That was very like, it was well explained. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. <laughs> kind words from you. But um, what are your general thoughts on in player dividends as a thing? When they first came out, I was like everyone else. I was almost a little bit confused by them. And then when it rocked the market, then you sort of have a negative uh, a negative sort of view on it. And then my friend Dan, we have a lot of discussions about uh, betting and value of things, as I said before. And he made the point that they've actually added value to the uh, index as a whole. You know, we agreed that, well, they are more value. Like sim- simply put, they've uh, rocked the market because they've taken a little bit away from the defenders in terms of the uh, proportion of shares that were being bought. But then Football Index have gone away and looked at it and then they've brought in the new in-play dividends like for goalkeepers and then the dividend, the extra dividend that the defender gets for scoring. The scorers do, uh, defenders do score quite a lot of goals and then you get in 3p now, aren't you? Rather than the uh, traditional 2p. Uh, so... Obviously, they're on the market, but they're in, overall they add value. Like just going back to your video, you know, because of all them overlaps that where people are buying, and so they, they are adding a few pence onto every person's share, especially for the uh, recognised uh, people in that category. You know, you recognise goal scorers like uh, Lukaku, or he's always going to have one bounce off his shin, isn't he? Uh, and pick you up a nice two pence, or and they've added a little bit of uh, something to the goalkeepers because they were traditionally sort of dead wood in your portfolio or everyone thought they were dead wood. It's given them a bit of hope of a clean sheet. There's a little bit of uh, trader activity over the Juventus goalkeeper that came in, the young one uh, that, that came in the other day. So He could have he got a clean sheet, didn't he? Uh, I'm not sure who that was. I completely forgot. Um, I, I just wanted to go back quickly a bit about the um, the video that you mentioned, but it, it really is that overlapping thing that is um, that is that is true, right? That people need to start and, and realize that this does add more intrinsic value to people, even if they hold long term, like yourself. Well, that's my opinion, anyway. I, I I had that thought, the very same thought, but it was at sort of a deep level. You know, it hadn't mm. come to the forefront of my brain. And what your video did was sort of, oh, yeah, he's right. Yeah, you know, I was sort of uh, nodding in, in agreement at it. Sort of, <laughs> I had thought of it, but it hadn't come into the... Uh, I thought of it, but I hadn't passed it on to Big Don. 
<laughs> definitely go out and watch that one guys uh, it was my thoughts on the uh, in play dividends uh, on my youtube channel you can find that very easily another question paul anthony what are your thoughts on share splits versus decimal shares i quite like the cycle of share splits certainly gives us something to gossip and get excited about i'm not sure people would like holding half an amr for example if it ain't broke don't fix it what are your thoughts yeah, i don't think we can have uh, indefinite share splits i know it's a long time since the last one but you, mm. like, you don't want to have a sort of cycle i think what needs to happen with football index in the next two or three years to put a number on it it needs to settle down the game rules need to be like set in stone and then everyone moves forward from then from from there you know the game rules are like monopoly or whatever game i've referred to you know all these analogies i've given let's have the rules nailed down everyone knows this is football index this is the game this is how it works and there will have to be little tweaks along the way because obviously it's a money it's a money game a real money game and Football index are going to have to make tweaks to make sure they're getting their rake of the pot. They're going to have to make sure that the yeah, good traders are make it, able to make money. There's going to have to be losers somewhere, unfortunately. Whether that's uh, you know it's it's a zero sum game. But at the end of the day, uh, I like owning whole shares of players, so I wouldn't like. I, I don't. I have got some bitcoins. I own like say not point two three of one bitcoin. And it's not doing very well, but it doesn't have the same sort of feel as having a hundred, you know, a hundred Neymars or, you know, I, I, and we're all used to it it's because. But it, but, but to, to be honest, though, Steve, people would people would look at it more like I own a hundred pounds in Neymar. Like I put, I, I'll, if I start investing, it's not like right. I'm putting. Um, you know 50 quid into or like 27 pounds into it this player and that's 10 shares i'm getting 30 there will be pluses pluses and negatives to it one of the pluses is when you develop a new concept like this which football index is you you sometimes don't want to backtrack on what you've already established so you've gone down the road of owning whole shares It, it might cause a lot of confusion to go onto the decimal like sort of uh own parts of shares or 100 pounds worth you know, you're sort of changing the formula, even though it's a little bit like going from, uh, you know, pounds if we changed over to euros, you know, with, or, you know, what they did with the coins in the old days. They went from uh, they went from imperial to metric and people struggled with it. Like you don't want people struggling with when they've just like learned how everything works in football index and they used to the idea of having a hundred shares, like the transition might not be as straightforward as we might envisage. Yeah. I think the one thing we can also say is, well, for me, I don't think the share split, um, dividend rise cycle is going to be a thing, uh, because if it was just going to be the way football index go about their business, I don't think they would have probably done a survey for the last one. I, it felt like they almost were nudged into it by the community. So I think what I will say is there are other answers to the the problem or the, the solution rather that the share split achieves. We don't know what they are. And I think until we know what they are, speculating about it is is the gossip rather than gossip about what a share split will be. Well, I definitely think it's a more exciting bit there's, of gossip. There's a big thing about we're all uh, eating at the restaurant. Let, let Football Index bring us the uh, food, you know, like, and some people are going to want to send that food back because uh, they don't like it. But, you know, so far, like, everyone likes the food to a certain extent. There's been a few starters gone back 
when uh, when they introduced goals and assists, some people spat the dummies out, but then it all settled down, you know. And then to be fair to Football Index, because this is since I was on the last time, they did go away and think about it, didn't they? And they came back, they uh, smoothed it all over. So they are. I saw Adam Cole at the Dublin Trader meet. And I spoke to him for about ten seconds, and I said, "I suppose the uh, the thing here is you want to go mainstream, don't you?" And he looked at me. He looked at me, and he said, "We are going to be mainstream. It's just a matter of how we get there." And I thought, mm, "Yeah, that's good. I like that. It was catchy." <laughs> you know, you, you, yeah. Interesting. So it wasn't like if we're going to be mainstream, it's we are going to be mainstream. It's just that. Well, that's that's very yeah, positive. It's just isn't it? like a matter of like we're going to make mistakes, we're going to learn from them. I read a very good book the other year. It was called The Talent Code. It's about how, how humans learn. You know, like we quite often we we think we can't do something, like whatever that may be. For me, it's like golf. I'm trying to become a better golfer, but you can't become a better golfer overnight. You have to like spend years at it to get to a certain level. You know, it's like if you want to learn swimming or anything, if you want to learn to be a football index trader or you want to develop a concept like Football Index, it's like you've got to break down the barriers, you've got to make mistakes, you've got to learn from your mistakes, you've got to come back, you've got to assess it, you've got to re, redo the job again, and then and then they will get there. They've got what they call the roadmap, haven't they? And they seem to, be, they seem to have quite a good roadmap. They tell us what is necessary. They've, you know, they've told us there's going to be a new website, there's going to be the introduction of order books. They're very excited about the collaboration. Is it, is it NASDAQ that they've got for the... Order books. They've told they've told us about the share split. They're very communicative. I mean, I'm sure they've got other things up their sleeve, but they do listen to the feedback. But ultimately, they're the ones that make the decisions. They're the ones that uh, decide the dividend la- uh, level, and they're the ones that will decide the structure of the share split. They're the ones that tinker with the rules of the game. And to be fair to them, they they do a good job of just keeping the game rules. Like as they are, but they tweak them as is necessary. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think uh, we've we've had a period of transition apart from the GNA. Take that out of the question uh, equation. Sorry, that we have had a, a little bit of a you know quite a you know. I remember back in the day, football index used to change every every few months. It felt like, um, but uh, much more stable and mature market now, aren't we? Uh, the last question we've got is from the punter C. How frequently are you researching for new potential players to invest in? And what are the variables you deem most important? Yeah. So in answer to that question, it's a, an ongoing process. You know, I, my football knowledge is limited. I used to love football in my teenage years. And then I decided that there was nothing in it for me. Football Index has given me back that thing where there is something in football for me because I can make a bit of uh, cash out of it and I'm a bit of a greedy, or Big Don's a bit of a greedy person. So uh, so it's ongoing, my research. You know, I'm like the other night I watched Juventus when they played against Chievo and I wanted to watch uh, in particular Dybala to see how he got and I was impressed by him. The commentators were talking a good game. I've heard people say that they watch like hundreds of games per week so they're going to know more about players than me but I'll you know if if one of my players is playing I'll, I'll have a look you know I'll take note I'll I'll look at uh, stats on index gain if I've got an hour I'll have a look at their databases just to see if I can see any value from their databases what I do use a lot is the uh, the on-the-go uh, data things that they've got such as the player info just to see what scores they've had I've touched on that before but 
like for anyone, I think even if you're a really knowledgeable football fan, it's an ongoing process. One of the best players I got, one it was funny, I'll just say this. I was playing golf the other week in a competition and there was a big Leeds fan playing with me, my friend, and he was more interested in Leeds playing. I thought, why do you put your name down for the competition? You're more interested in like the Leeds match. He was watching Tet's commentary, you know, and hitting his shot and then we were moving on. And it was a golf competition and he was playing pretty well. I said, what would you rather? Would you rather Leeds win their football match or would you rather win this golf competition? He said, Leeds win, hands down. I'd rather, Le- rather Leeds win the football match. And then and he, he was the one who told me, he told me on one of the tee boxes, he said, the best player for Leeds that we've had for a long time is uh, Jack Clark, you know, the young lad. So at this time he was £1.6. So on his recommendation, I bought Jack Clark. And obviously he's one of the hype ones that have uh, been hyped up. But obviously uh, I, I thought, well, he's told me, you know, I've been talking to him about Leeds. That's good enough for me to go and buy some shares, you know, because he's a he's a Leeds fan. He knows more than me. He rates him. He doesn't know anything about football index. He hasn't got a football index account. But just from a football fan telling you that such and such a footballer has got potential, that made me rightly or wrongly. Some people might criticise that move, but that was in my book that counts as research because I was keeping my ears open and asking him questions. So. It can, like your research can come in all forms, can't it? It can come from newspapers, it can come from TV, it can come from data, it can come from your friends. I would argue that some of your friends might have the best uh, knowledge that you can get because your eyes can't be everywhere, can they? You know, football's massive. How much time can you uh, contrib- How much time of your life can you commit to watching football matches day in day out and watching data? I mean, data is huge now in football. Like we were talking about at the Dublin meeting. Uh, you know, with uh, Opta Joe, I think he's called Duncan, but really interesting man. Uh, but, I mean, football clubs are using data to track players, to analyse players, to buy players. Who, like, he doesn't run enough, you know. Lukaku's never going to get, I keep harping about Lukaku, but he's never going to get a transfer from Man United, is he? Like, he probably does about, he probably sure. does about three yards per game. He reminds me of Mickey Quinn from the old days. Anyway, sorry, I'll let you speak. <laughs> right, yeah, uh, Big Don. I think uh, that that's all we've got time for today, mate. It's been a it's been a long and hilarious podcast, but a very informative one at that. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, oh, well, my name is Football Index Big Don at Index Big. I think it is. And if anyone on Twitter wants to send me uh, messages to ask advice or anything or questions that they'd like uh, further information on, they're always welcome. I will answer every single one of them. What a man. What a man. Uh, If you guys did enjoy this, please leave a review. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you're on your commute, have a wonderful commute. If you're not on your commute, as always, shout out to the non-commute crew. Sorry if I didn't answer your question. Uh, Obviously, we had a few big don is popular man and uh it was hard to get through these alone so uh, thank you very much for listening everyone